Insert gay card. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens. Susan. I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider, and my pronouns are he, him. And I'm Robbie Roselle. My pronouns are also he, him. And welcome to Gay Card Revoked. It is a lovely day in California. That's where I am. I'm in lovely, sunny California, Mr. Roselle. Yeah, are you in sunny California? How good for you? Oh, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, and it was 82 degrees today. Huh. How you my doing, buddy? My is still pumping in my apartment because <laughs> really? they haven't turned it off yet. Yeah, I think my super might be dead, but uh, that's just a conspiracy <laughs> theory at this point. I read that on 8chan. Like, <laughs> I think he might not be with us anymore because suddenly my landlady is picking up the rent <laughs> and somebody else is taking the trash to the curb. I don't you, know. In New York, you really, I don't even read obituaries. I just wait till someone's photo is taped to a cardboard box with a Virgin oh. Mary candle next to it on your doorstep. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, I should probably send flowers. Yeah, and then you read least. closely in lieu of flowers, please <laughs> donate to blah, blah, blah. Sure. To Krispy Kreme, if you could. Oh my God, I wish. I don't do drag. I don't do drag. Weird. But I know. And if I did, though, I feel like my drag name would somehow be like a play on In Lieu of Flowers. <laughs> in, in Lieu of Flowers. Mine's going to be Vaccine Waters. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. that's such a good idea, Mr. Vaccine Rizal. Waters. Talita Pepsi is good. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love a pun. I've never Anita heard Hamm. that one. To, You're welcome. Talita Pepsi. Delita Pepsi. Anyway, that got me really good. Hi. Um, hey, I you miss know what? You. I miss you. I'm so Look I'm at you. There's like baseball player, basketball. I don't know what sport that is. I'll tell you what's going on. I am uh I am here in the office of my very straight friend Ray. Great, he's a gay ally, but he is as straight as can be. And there's a lot of like sports memorabilia on the wall, and I'm very, very confused. I'm worried for you. I'm worried for myself. Good. If something happens, remember, in lieu of flowers. Donate to our Patreon. Donate to our <laughs> Patreon for the Rob Schneider Memorial gay mm -hmm. card revoked hey i have to i have to plug something if i can really quickly please if you're okay with that we yeah. have a we have listen we have a, a listener of ours who's so wonderful and um he doesn't even know that i'm doing this but i just wanted to plug it. his name is brian michael henry and brian, hey, brian is a brilliant singer and composer and he just dropped his quarantine project on spotify and it's an album called remote work uh, by Brian Michael Henry, and I listened it to to it today. It is honestly fantastic. You know when you have to like promote something for somebody, and you're like, "Oh God, it's not that good." You had to do it for my album. <laughs> That's bullshit. That is bullshit. <laughs> I said your album was the gold standard of cabaret recordings. You that did. Was, that was somebody my else quote. called it disastrous. It was like you could just say it's fine. Yeah, I, we don't hear from that guy anymore. That guy, <laughs> no, ironically, was Robbie's ended up landlord. In the hospital the next. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I don't think you should explain why he was. In I the had hospital. Marguerite's uh, voodoo doll from that episode <laughs> of Golden Girls. Oh, that today's be Arthur's birthday. Happy Happy B Day. Happy Literally, B happy B day. <laughs> so, folks, go over to Spotify. Please download this. Drop album a link called... in the show I will. Notes. Oh, yeah. Good. Thank you. It's called Remote Work. It's by Brian Michael Henry. And the songs have this incredible retro feel to it. There's one song on here called Where's Shelly? And it literally would have been the hottest song of 1985. Oh, it is, is honestly a great album. So congrats to that, Brian. Thanks for listening you... to us. And hope you enjoy life. <laughs> life do you do you listen to like a lot of music in the shower there's you a know, reason I'm, I'm asking I'm, oh you know what i'm gonna be honest with you i have a curated playlist and the curated mm -hmm. playlist is show tunes and so homosexual what a shocker and so yes if i don't listen to show tunes when i get into the shower i either have a billy joel playlist or a whitney houston playlist just playing to your strengths playing always to my strengths <laughs> yeah. saving all my love for you Yes. Oh, I would actually buy a ticket to that. Um, I also Rob Schneider sings Whitney at the Green Room 42. I love Billy Joel and I also love Canadian Billy Joel and his great song, Tell Her About It. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Uh, 
RIP this podcast in lieu of <laughs> in lieu flowers. flowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the reason I ask is because yeah. in the shower, I like to sing to uh, like an 80s playlist. Sure, sure. It, because those are the bangers. What's your go-to 80s playlist song? Oh, like, like you know, Spotify has like a- Oh, of 80s, course, yeah. 80s hits, 80s dance hits, 80s- Folk hits of the '90s, like whatever. There, you know, I, so you I'm, can curate them out so much. Uh, but uh, you know, I love anything that's got a come up in the middle of the night, my body. And she's like not even bothering with the constants, much like Patty Lapone. I okay, I I picture for you that you're a walking on sunshine type but, of guy in the shower, and then and then I feel like. If you're kind of sad, you probably sit in the bathtub and listen to I Just Called to Say I Love You. <laughs> you know, I know every word of that. No, no, I don't. So <laughs> that's your step out of me. New Year's Day. No Halloween. Celebrate. No Halloween. Yeah, come on. Okay. This is now, all being cut for time. No, it's uh, not going to be cut for time because here, <laughs> here you go. I'm going to, here we go. Yeah. Robbie Rizell, mm-hmm. I will donate. Okay. Twenty dollars, great, to a charity of your choosing. Uh huh. If you can tell me from what movie does I just call to say I love you come from, and you can't look it up, Robbie. You can't uh, look it up, Robbie. Literally put the mic down to go to the keyboard. You can't look it wait. up, Robbie. It's a Stevie Wonder song, right? I just call to say I love you was written specifically for a film. What film was it written for? Oh, um. Once again, twenty dollars to a charity of your choosing, if you can tell me. The the lady, the the uh the woman uh, in red. Is that right? You are right. It is the woman in red. Robbie cares that could be a fight it's <laughs> Great, done and done. <laughs> and in lieu of flowers, I'm gonna say it definitely went lady in red. No, it's woman. <laughs> I, listen, <laughs> I think you did great. Okay, so uh, I'm a woman of the year, so you, oh my gosh. Hey, listen, actually today, folks, is kind of a little bit of nepotism. Because today, Mr. Rizal, we're celebrating yeah. your father. Papa. It's really what we're doing. He's celebrating Papa. I can't do it. We really of. are. It's um, if you've listened to my groundbreaking album, uh, songs from inside <laughs> my locker, uh, live at Fine Signs Fifty Four Below. I know a you'll... man who got uh, pelted to death with them after writing a review. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Just Weird. You beat the man with it. In lieu of flowers, I actually just sent schmackeries. Um, if you've ever heard track six and seven of my album, Songs from Outside My Locker, live at Pine Sense 54 Below, now you'll know that I long. consider two 70s television game show icons to be my two dads. And one of them is Charles Nelson Riley, and one of them is Paul Edward Lind. <laughs> His middle name? That's so official. Well, he and I have the same middle name, isn't it? Did your did your mom didn't do that on purpose? Is it creepy? No, actually, she didn't. So this is a tangent for a second. But my father wanted to name me Clarence because he's an asshole, and so my mom said absolutely not, and took his name, which is Edward Robert Roselle, flipped them, and then shortened it. So I am Robbie Edward Roselle, and my social security number is five five five. Can I call you Clarence? No, I will end you. Was your okay? Your dad wanted to name you Clarence. Can I just ask? Was he a big Wonderful Life fan? It's a Wonderful Life because that's what the angels named. Is is it? I th- Clarence. Oh, Clarence. 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 Yeah. Clarence. Wow, Clarence. Uh, right. I do not know. We don't talk. Um, so I I never got the. Uh, Great. So I'm I'm gonna just call you Robbie Rosette. How come? <laughs> yeah. So my mom shortened it, and uh, she she looked at me. I came out and said. Pants, and she said, "Oh, you're going to be in show business, Robbie Roselle, distant cousin of Tommy Tune." Got it. I heard she even put an asterisk on the birth certificate, so everyone knew you were Actors Equity. Yeah, it says her, <laughs> but it's just a reading. It's just a reading. Just a reading. Contract. Just a reading. Just a reading. It's a, it's a twenty hour. It's a so, showcase. Showcase. What? What don't showcase. you get paid for? Showcase. It's a, sh- it's a showcase. showcase. It's a showcase code. You, you get a Metro card. Nothing's on the Metro card, but you get one. <laughs> you still get tokens. Right. Um, so, okay. So, so Paul Lind. Paul is, Lind. Is, yes. Oh, yeah. We've all listened to the tracks. He's sat. Yes. He, we yeah. know that we know that he's your dad. So yeah. let me ask you if I can. If um, you may. Because if I may, because mm-hmm. he passed away before uh, you were probably old enough to even realize who he was. Right. He was, he died in 82. Yeah. 
he he was born in 26, died in 82. Uh-huh. Um, I vaguely knew who he was because Hollywood Squares was like the God, I got it. Okay. huge show, right? Um, and I definitely watched a lot of Bewitched in reruns. So is Bewitched where you first were introduced to him? It, it was or one Hollywood of the Squares, two. one of the it two. Was probably both, honestly, uh-huh. because uh, I'm from a family of too many children. So our babysitter was was a huge television. You told me this when we were talking about fairy tale theater. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever realized this. How many siblings do you have? I'm the oldest of seven. I did not know that. I feel like yeah. every time we do one of these things, I learn something new about you. Well, um, verse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chorus refrain okay uh-huh. um. so so like you know and i was a latchkey kid right because i was born in, uh, uh, like a child in the 80s i was born in 76 um and so the television was our babysitter and so it was like hollywood squares was on and uh bewitched reruns were on it's the same reason i know i love lucy Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Going back to our episode with Ryan Haddad. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I was mesmerized by this guy, but then how I really remember being introduced to him was an animated film called Charlotte's Web. I love that. And he was Templeton the Rat, and Debbie Reynolds was the spider, Charlotte. And they're just trying to, she got Wilbur the pig, trying to save Wilbur from becoming Bacon, and I love Bacon. But that's where I was like, oh my God, that voice is something. And you know, when I think about my comic sensibilities, they all stem from these two people, Charles Nelson Riley and Paul Lind. And a little bit, I realized today, this is not a joke. Somewhere in the 90s, I saw Rip Taylor do a tour of a funny thing happened on the way to the forum confetti and all yeah and that definitely has informed the way that i perform the the sort of venn diagram of those three guys i'm the dead center of which is sad can i tell you my rip taylor story very quickly nothing would make me happier i met rip i met (laughs) he literally walked away folks i have a (laughs) I have a Rip Taylor story. Um, when I was a youngin, my family went to Vegas and we stayed at the hotel that Debbie Reynolds owned for a hot second. Yes, the, where she was going to build the museum. Yes, and actually, the, there was a there was a, sh- a costume show that you could go to oh. in the museum, which was actually really cool. It was, you sat like in a little movie theater, and there was a turntable, and it would reveal a mannequin wearing the costume, and Debbie would do narration over it, which was yes. very cool. But I remember we were standing in the lobby and we saw this big man who looked like a walrus mumbling and grumbling about something. And he was putting up a, a picture of Rip Taylor. Um, and it said like Rip Taylor appearing tonight at eight o'clock. And I was like, boy, I wonder, I wonder why that man is so angry to put up posters. And I said that to my parents out loud and he turned around and he goes, because I'm the star and the star shouldn't have to put up posters, honey. If you're ever a star, you should not put up your own posters. But I love Debbie. It was Rip Taylor. He was putting up his own posters in the lobby at the Debbie Reynolds Hotel. One did you just scream, oh, my God, Rip Taylor, <laughs> like you're on the nanny and any celebrity guest <laughs> wanders through. Two, that sounds like it's Provincetown where they're just standing in the dead center of the street, like, come to my show tonight at the yep. post office theater, yeah. 7 o'clock. That's I, so amazing. that's my Rip, sorry, that's my Rip Taylor story. But so, you, you, are, Paul, you are a combination. You have three dads. Yeah. Paul Lind, though, is where it's at for me. Truly, that sort of snark and uh, with a wink, that, that's really like my comic sensibility, right? Snark with a wink. Uh, you and I both read an exceptional book. Yeah. Uh, there are two biographies of Paul Lind, and the one that I'm going to recommend to you is called Center Square, The Paul Lind Story, which is by Steve Wilson and Joe Florensky, uh, and it's published by uh, an imprint of The Advocate. Great. The, the game magazine. It's excellent book. But it what I think is important about Center Square is it doesn't gloss over the like there were dark things. 
Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that I always think of in terms of him in, in his developmental stage, in his younger years, not when he mm-hmm. got older, was uh, a friend, and I'm using that word in quotation marks because that's what the newspaper said, mm-hmm. fell to his death from Paul's yes. hotel balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, well, what was the guy doing in the room? And the people were just horsing around, horsing around. Regardless of what was going on, you just saw somebody fall to their death in front of you, and I can't imagine how traumatizing Trauma- that would and, be. And that when that happened, it killed uh, a television show of his that was about to begin. Not temperatures had- rising. <laughs> <laughs> Barometers getting low. So saith the weather girls. So so saith the weather girls. Get the hell out of here. Um, so. A, a couple of things just so we can get a little track of, you know, Paul's career, mm-hmm. just so because because we know him really from I would say most people will probably know him from his zingers on Hollywood Squares. hundred percent. People go, oh, my God, he's so funny. And how does he come up with those things? Everything was scripted for him. He just had a brilliant way with delivery to mm-hmm. make it seem so spontaneous, mm-hmm. which I think might have been a rarity on that show, because a lot of the other people were stand up comics and were comedians and probably could come up with funny answers but he made it look so natural and so organic so mm-hmm. he grew up in ohio he moved out to to new york uh yep. in in 19 in the late 40s early 50s and his big thing was a show called new faces of 1952 yes. and, and and new faces is exactly what it the show was the title which was it was introducing the new york community and agents and directors and producers to new talent and in his show Oh my I God! Mean, this cast, Eartha Kitt, mm-hmm. uh, Alice Ghostly, his friend Alice Ghostly, and Carol yeah. Lawrence. Now the review, and uh, is anybody I'm forgetting, or those are the big ones? Uh, Robert Clary. Oh, Robert Clary, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And the big, the big thing that people sort of took away from the show, besides Eartha Kitt's brilliant rendition of "Monotonous," and if you've never heard that, queers, go listen to it because it's Come amazing. Um, is he does a monologue, at, which is called "Trip of the Month Club," that he wrote. That he wrote, which is kind of interesting to me because he didn't really write after that. But this clip that I mean, this monologue is the story of a man who's gone on an African safari and he's coming back to tell you um, what has happened on the trip. And he keeps mentioning his late wife who went along on the trip. So obviously something has happened to her along the way. And thank God New Faces of 1952 was filmed and released. And uh, if you can get your hands on a copy, you can actually watch him do this monologue which is so funny and you understand why it stands out now i'm sure there's lots of other people that could have done this monologue and have been funny with it but Mm -hmm. there's something about his delivery and you know Mm -hmm. you said early on a winking quality to it yeah and that's really what these monologues have there's this little gleam in his eye as he tells you these stories and that sort of little self-deprecating laugh that he puts in would you be so kind as to, to demonstrate that the kind of this exactly right. it, uh, it gives, wife. right it gives you permission to laugh and he's mm-hmm. taking you in on the comedy and not many comics did that at the time no what's really interesting is most people would say don't laugh or the audience won't laugh you like yeah. if you laugh the audience doesn't if you cry the audience doesn't right Yes, and he's sort of the rebuttal to that, 100%. which is which is yeah. I'm giving you permission to laugh at this. Uh, I would want you to laugh, and not only do I want you to laugh, I'll start it off so you don't don't feel so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then while he's in New York, you know, he he does various television shows that are out there. There's an amazing show if you've never seen it. You can maybe find it on YouTube. It's called Stanley, and it's it's Buddy Hackett and Carol Burnett. Can you imagine mm-hmm. being in a in a comedy room? With Come Buddy on. Hackett, Carol Burnett, and Paul Lynn, and all of them really unknown at that time, just starting to make their mark. That just feels um, so loud, right? <laughs> so it's a, I love Buddy Hackett. I can, you I, can have I a tell, Buddy Hackett. Uh, you know what? I don't, but I want to tell you one of my favorite Buddy Hackett lines that makes me laugh so no. so hard every time I hear it. It's the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad. I mad, love that mad, film. Mad yes, right. It's uh, Buddy Hackett. 
and Mickey Rooney, and somehow they're flying a plane together, and none of them know, none of them know how to fly the plane. Mm. And and Mickey Rooney is just yelling instructions at Buddy Hack, and he goes, "Okay, he's like, lift lift the throttle up. All right, all right. Now talk to talk to the radio tower. Okay, uh, put the compass this way." And Buddy Hackett goes, "He goes, why do I gotta do everything? Why 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 don't you do something every once in a while? What are you the hostess?" And what are you the hostess? Literally every time mm-hmm. I hear it makes me laugh so hard. And if I'm working with someone and I don't think they're pulling their weight, I will just look at them and go, what are you, the hostess? They, and don't, they, don't, they don't get it, but, don't I, but, I, but I get it. Anyway, <laughs> then Paul really starts to take off with what mm-hmm. we were talking about a little bit earlier, which was Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye and Birdie. And I think, you know, I'm a huge fan of Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, and it's weird you haven't cast me in that. Well, you'd be a great Mr. McAfee. Correct. And here's where I think Bertie is brilliant in terms of helping Paul Lind. People forget, because I think we've seen so many high school productions of Bye Bye Birdie, that Bye Bye Birdie was originally written to be subversive. It was satirizing and mm-hmm. parodying rock and roll music and the people that create music and who becomes popular and who doesn't. And to say we're going to cast a family and the father of the family would be like in I'm in a non-subversive world like a Jackie Gleason type mm-hmm. you know what I mean like yeah. this big rough blue collar Ralph Cramden you know Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy type yeah and they put in Paul Lind mm-hmm. who you look at him and just by his manner you go I don't think he has a wife in real life. And automatically, it's so subversive, but it works. Oh my God, it works so well. It's also fascinating. Again, as you listen to it and and then you see the film. So if you listen to the Broadway Cast album and then you see the film and you hear the difference because he's had a couple years under his belt of doing the show and knows how far he can stretch and and play with what he's doing it is fascinating and he's very funny in the film now this i don't is, want your respect it's oh my god yeah. the lines in it are so brilliant Res- <laughs> respect you hear respect i respect your poppy i don't want your respect it's it so is good. so Good. And you're right. As it goes on, it gets campier and campier. Mm -hmm. Now we run into a really interesting issue with him because he is really a big takeaway from, I mean, Dick Van Dyke. Yes. But boy, Paul Lynn was also a big takeaway Mm -hmm. in Bye Bye Birdie. He starts to go out to Hollywood and he starts to do appearances on various shows. You know, he does a bunch of, um, you know, uh, like the, the beach blanket bingo movies and all that. And uh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. If I may. The Phil Silver Show, The Patty Duke Show, The Munsters, The Flying Nun, Gidget, I Dream of Jeannie, F Troop, and a million fucking variety shows. He was on every variety show. He, he was on every variety show mm-hmm. and could always get a laugh. And of course, Uncle Arthur on Bewitched. Okay, so this is where I think a lot of people got their first television exposure to 100%. Paul Land. Who was... Uncle Arthur. And first of all, what was Bewitched for our listeners who might not know what Bewitched was? Besides brilliant. If you don't know what Bewitched was, I don't, I don't know how to hold your hand and take you back this far. Uh, Bewitched was a sitcom uh, in the 60s that starred Elizabeth Montgomery as a uh, witch who married a mortal. And so she had to, it was sort of WandaVision. Yes. And of. yes. And the, husband was played by dick york and then he quit and then they put on dick Sargent, and they never oh he got cancer no 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 i actually know this i'm sorry he had horrible back pain and it got towards the end of his tenure on that show of like everything darren did was like sitting down Mm -hmm. and finally he got admitted to the hospital and william asher the producer said to him look you know, if if this is really causing you a lot of pain, we'll release you from your contract if that's what you want. Do you want to be released? And he oh. said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I do want to be released. I and then, thought it was cancer. I don't know why. He, but yeah, I, you're he, right. He got, he died later on, I think, of of cancer. Ah, I mean, this, this poor sure. man was like 
plagued with health problems and he was a really young guy too and so both they of stuck the both of the dicks and they stuck mm -hmm. dick Sargent in but never like gave him a different character name you just kind of assumed okay this is this is still darren it's it's a lot like soap operas it's or, a lot like soap operas so you know, anyway when I'm sandy so, duncan I'm, showed up on valerie <gasps> the valerie saga is one of those things that I still how do you get fired from a show that has your name your name is the title <laughs> And they got rid of her. It was called. They titled it twice. <laughs> it was called Valerie because mm -hmm. it was Valerie Harper. And they're like, yep. bye, Valerie. We don't Valerie. like you. Now we're Valerie's family. Just kidding. Now we're the Hogan family. <gasps> Life is sweet insanity. Oh. Step by step, day by day. That's we'll a whole different show, isn't it? Through the years, we've got love, some happiness for tears. And now Edie McClure comes out to check the mail. And laughter and the sadness, the special kind of gladness to get us through the years. Thank you. That was the uh, theme song was... for Valerie slash Valerie's family slash Wild Valerie <laughs> slash Hogan. So, Bewitched. Right, we got and Elizabeth then finally, Montgomery. Weekends presents the Hogan right. family. Right? <laughs> I listen, and you're like, which eye is it? The whole time, which I know is terrible, but I was a child. So, <laughs> bewitched. She's a witch. She marries a mortal. Uh, she's got her mother, who is Endora, who is the brilliant. Uh, oh my God, her name Agnes Moorhead. Agnes all, Moorhead, thank but, you. But gay in real life. And then, who's her brother? Uncle uh, Arthur. Uncle Arthur. Sammy, how are you? <laughs> Who would just show up places, like underneath a, 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 a chafing dish tray. <laughs> what the hell is that called? A serving? No, it's, uh, the, the, yeah, the serving yeah. dishes. Uh -huh. yeah. Or like on that box of fish sticks. That's the on time you're going to see me near a fish stick. <laughs> uh, but they liked him so much it was only supposed to be a one-off they liked him so much and he's only on 10 episodes but you would swear he's always on it yeah and then he sort of plays that sort of uncle arthur-y character rest of his life for the rest of his life and sometimes it gets a little bit more official like in the glass bottom boat and you know send me no flowers and stuff like mm -hmm. that sometimes he plays authority figures um that all have that sort of condescension to them. All right. Now, tons of failed pilots. Okay. So well, now here, that's what I wanted to talk about next, yeah. if I can. Bruce Valange, who is Heard a, go a god, just a god and a brilliant comedy writer, said something really brilliant about Paul Lynn, which he said, you know, Paul is not the main course. Paul is your side dish. Paul mm -hmm. is a sweet little dessert that you want to have in tiny little nibbles so paul i think is great on periphery and mm -hmm. popping in saying a joke and then going away he really could not sustain an entire tv series and they tr and they tried and they tried and they tried and they tried um and also what's kind of interesting is is you know they never really they with paul i think a lot of times they tried to put a square peg into a round hole Mm -hmm. Which is a lot of the pilots were always he's a hair, you know, he's a dad and he's dealing with the wife and he's dealing with the kids and blah, blah, blah. And it's give me a bachelor, Paul. Give me like single swinging Paul. Let me see go, him go through countless girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> While you know, in his captain. While in his captain. But, you know, there's that, you know, you, you love chocolate cake. You just don't want it for every meal. No, you don't want chocolate cake for dinner. Yeah. And I also think a lot of the I want chocolate cake. I, oh, I want chocolate cake right now. Bitch. I also think for Paul, and this is just a, such a different time, is I think that there were a couple of concerns from executives. And I think the concerns would be things like, one, you know, what happens if everyone in the world finds out he's gay, although you'd have to be living under a rock, not to Truly. Like, you know, he just hasn't met the right girl yet, which is always something that really baffled me with so many of these executives, which is, unless people were just so blind back then that they never even really thought of that as an option. Like, oh, he's eccentric. And they just didn't really right. think of him as a sexual being. Also, I, you know, I think that's why he was safe. And also like, I, you know, was his body image and were his like effeminate qualities, quote unquote, 
did that just sort of neutralize him? So you never really thought of him as having one sexual preference or another. Yeah. Which is something Richard Deacon used to talk about, who played Mel Cooley on the Dick Van Dyke show, The Ball Guy. Mm -hmm. He said, people look at me and he goes, because of my, my weight and my personality, he goes, they never think of me as a sexual person. He's like, so I never had to, because he was gay in real life. He goes, I never really had to worry about being outed because no one even thought of me in that way to begin with. Yeah. So the sick, so I think that people are looking on these pilots for a reason for them not to like continue. What's, what's fascinating about him though, is like all of the, he did uh, seven or eight, uh, uh, um, variety shows, right? And yeah. surrounded each one of them is truly the gayest thing. Like every single one is like trying to out gay the next one. What there's one, the Halloween one, which you can stream on Amazon Prime, where he surrounds himself with Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch of the West and Billy Hayes as Witchy Poo. And I think that's also part of the brilliance of his like, um, not subservient. Oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Not subservient. Oh my God. Subversive. Subversive. Sub maybe mm -hmm. he was, maybe he was subservient. Pat only the Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> um, that, that subversive quality, which is, yeah, okay, so I'm doing this Halloween special, and maybe the straight audience that's watching it mm -hmm. is like, oh my God, it's Uncle Arthur and, you know, the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. I love it. And then there's a whole gay audience that's mm -hmm. getting the code. Where he's saying yeah. this, this is this is entertainment is for you. Yeah, the straights are gonna watch it, but I'm really doing this for you. This is for you. Good luck. You know what like, I? Yeah, yeah. So sending those those coded messages, mm -hmm. which I'm assuming if you were a young gay man growing up at that time, you got that wink of his, which is you're not alone. How great to see yourself, right? Yes, and yeah, I, I'm not gonna say you know I'm gay or I'm not gonna have a character on the show that's my boyfriend, but mm -hmm. y'all. I just want you to know you're not alone. And to also then be accepted, which is regardless of what his life was like off screen, on stage or on screen on Hollywood Squares, everybody loved him. I'm going to be honest. If you watch those old Hollywood Squares, you're just waiting for them to call on Paul Lind again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 100%. And there's like, a wonderful uh, supercut of all of his zingers on YouTube. God bless the queen who spent that time but that's where like again he was living in the glass closet where they were fully acknowledging it but not yes you know when and a man falls out of your boat uh, and into the water you yell man overboard if a woman falls out of your boat what do you <laughs> yell full speed ahead i also like you're the world's most popular fruit what are you humble <laughs> come on like <laughs> mm -hmm. my other <laughs> My other favorite one, <laughs> which character yells, I'm late, I'm late. And his answer was, Alice and her mother's sick about it. <laughs> Again, I think that's where my comic sensibility comes from, of the, the, the sort of sarcastic delivery and um, quip, like quick quip. Ve yeah, very quick. And, you know, even though he was a writer and he, you know, he wrote some of that stuff for himself, I think mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff on Hollywood Squares, he didn't really use. No, he did not write any of that himself. Yeah, yeah, you people, know. People who did shows with him uh, said he was very funny, but he wasn't confident in his ability to be funny with his own stuff. No. And one of the things I find really interesting about him at this time, and I think you can kind of notice it. There's also, I wanted to recommend another book if I can. Please. Uh, Peter Marshall, uh, who hosted Hollywood Squares, and God bless him, as of this recording, is still with us and still does God. concerts. God mm -hmm. bless him. Um, Peter Marshall wrote a really great book about his time on Hollywood Squares. And he talks a lot about Paul in there and what a tortured soul Paul was. Because Paul never really found love. He could make everyone else laugh, but, you know, you can't take an audience home with you. Right. And so Paul, to sort of self-medicate, was a pretty big drinker. And this is how they used to film, I think, just about every single TV show back then, which is they would film all the shows in one day. And so they would film Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then they would be a lunch break. And at the lunch break, liquor would flow like crazy and 
Peter and Paul and everyone else would go over to a bar Mary. across and marry, and they would all go across <laughs> the street and get blasted. Mm-hmm. And they said, while everyone else felt up, you know, they were like drinking and having a good time. They said he would get so dour and so bitter. And they used to say to like new guests that were coming in, they said at lunch, don't sit next to Paul. Yeah. Because when he would get drunk, he was very anti-Semitic. Uh, and this and this is a story that's been confirmed by a few people. Seven. So yeah. So you were like, don't don't sit next to Paul. He just had those demons. So if you ever watch any suddenly of those... he's Mel Gibson being pulled over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was exactly. And you know, if you're if you ever watch some of those game shows and you're like, why do they seem like loopier on Thursday? And why are they loopier on Friday? It's because so they, were, they were they were drinking in between it. But you watched Hollywood Squares for him. Yeah, 100%. He was the star, like the undisputed star. In fact, he left for one year and their ratings dipped. And, and like, they, they were like, please come back. And like you said, though, this, yes, he is the star, mm-hmm. but he's not carrying the whole show. Correct. You know, you, you, you had to go through Charlie Weaver and Damon Wilson and, and you know, various Tootie people. Tony yeah. Fields. I love Tony Fields. <laughs> I watched a Tony Fields. I'll send it to you later. It's not even part of the right. show. I'll send it to you later. That was great. <laughs> um, to get yourself to him. Mm-hmm. So you could pass the baton. And I think once again, it's like all television things. How much money can we get out of this? And mm-hmm. soon it was, let's do the Paul Lynn show. And which didn't last very long. No. And- I, I want to talk for a minute though, because uh, about theater, because in between the filmings of mm. every year, every season of uh, of the TV show, he would go out and do summer stock with the Kenley Players. In Will Ohio. you tell our listeners a little bit about the Kenley Players? Because on your other hit podcast, Behind the Curtain, Bobby's <laughs> Living Legends, with Kevin David Thomas, uh, you talk plug. about them every three weeks. Yeah, the, I, it's such a fascinating thing that we just don't have anymore. The the John Kenley Players was run by a guy named John Kenley, and it was a circuit of uh, theaters that were located in Ohio. And what John Kenley would do is, is he would bring in a big celebrity, and over the summer they would do a play, and he would tour them throughout diff- uh, the different venues of his in Ohio. Now, when I say I, I, I'm going to be honest, and I, I don't want to sound disparaging, now if you do summer theater. It, and you're a name, quote unquote, it probably means that you were a name in the past tense and you're not as relevant as you once were. That's a generalization. Yeah. Back then, that was not the case. And John Kenley would pay exorbitant amounts of money and all the big stars would do the John Kenley players. Like he had Gloria Swanson, he had Joan Crawford. I mean, all of these big, big stars, he somehow was able to get out to Ohio. And Paul Lind, out of all of these big people, was the star whose shows were the most attended. One, Local Boy Makes Good, because he was very loyal to Ohio. But two, everyone wanted to see Paul in person. He did nine Kenley Players shows. And all farces. I mean, it was nothing really that stretched him. Like he, It wasn't like no. Paul Lynn and Death of a Salesman. It was, you know, Neil Simon plays and Woody Allen plays. The, the whole Kenley, uh, John Kenley story fascinates me and something that should be explored far more than it is. Oh, sure. And so just, you know, a, a little caveat to that as well about John Kenley, who was a very interesting person. John, first of all, he lived a very long life. I want to say that he lived to be at about a hundred or so. When he was in Ohio, he was John Kenley. And the rest of the time he lived down in Florida in the non-summer months. And he identified down there as a woman and dressed in in female identifying clothing and gave himself a female identifying name. And then when he would come back to Ohio, he would put on male identifying clothing and go back by the name of John Kenley. Really fascinating, fascinating Mm -hmm. individual. Back to Paul. Uh, Paul would go on to do more sort of guest spots and things uh, around Hollywood Squares, et cetera. And then he, the alcoholism got out of control. And he sort of receded into his home. um, And he died when he was only 55. He died very young. Right? Very, very young. And, you know, there's a great book 
called Hollywood Gays, G-A-Y-S, by a guy named Bose Hadley. Uh, and he interviewed many, many queer actors uh, from yesteryear when they were alive. Some of them were openly gay and some of them were closeted. And he interviews Paul Lind and uh, Richard Deacon talks a lot about Paul Lind in his chapter about that, you know, Paul would just go out every night, get drunk at a bar by himself, mm-hmm. pick home, pick up somebody, a stranger. And, you know, there were a lot of times where Paul feared for his life. You know, sure. Paul, Paul did not know who he was going to be taking home that evening. Um, but the alcoholism really just sort of dominated his his life. And like you, like we were saying earlier, he wasn't a happy drunk, you know? No, not at all. And in fact, things were so bad that uh, when Northwestern had their big, um, oh yeah, their sort of big, uh, look at all the famous people who came out of our place. He was the only person not invited back among like, again, Charlotte Ray and Cloris Leachman, et cetera. And he was arguably the biggest star to come out of it. Yeah, and I think at that time, right, didn't he, he had a fight with a, um, a, a black professor. Yes, I, uh, I, yeah. at a McDonald's, I think. Yeah, and, and so, and that was publicized and, you know. He, he was made, the Grand Marshal for the homecoming. As I understood it, as when he was very close to his passing at a very young age, oh my God, Mm-hmm. He started to really turn his life around. I, I heard that the drinking had been curbed. Completely. Um, mm-hmm. That he was really into a healthy lifestyle. He wasn't going out so much anymore to pick up, to pick up people. Uh, but he never, I'm so curious to know that had he lived, would he have eventually come out in the 80s and 90s when, it was, you know, when people started to come out? Or would he have always just tried to, you know, keep up that wall. That's a great, I mean, we'll, we'll never know. No, yeah. That's a, a great, interesting question. He definitely, I mean, it's interesting that he's still in the zeitgeist today. Oh, of course. Of course. Why do you think we still remember him today? Why is he still being talked about? We, we certainly know the voice because like through, um, through uh, American Dad, the television oh, cartoon. Oh, yes, Roger. Roger is based on him. And Seth MacFarlane, who created American Dad, I know is a huge Paul Lynn fan. He, well, he's fascinating. Seth MacFarlane fascinates me because yeah. most of his references are gay. He is definitely not. But it's just fascinating. He just has good um, taste. <laughs> same. Uh, and also, like, Ben de la Creme uh, did... Paul Lind on Snatch Game in uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars brilliantly. Uh, and let me tell you, my phone blew up that night. This <laughs> being like your dad's on TV. They're, they're all like, can you believe Ben Crumb's doing your gig? And I was oh. like, no, Ben's just doing Ben. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, Bye Bye Birdie is considered a classic, right? Oh, of course, yeah, it is a classic. It, of course, it's so, a classic. Yeah. Because of that, and because it's done in every high school in America, every, every person who's ever done Bye Bye Birdie has seen Paul Lind. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, it's weird to see Bye Bye Birdie and the person not emulating Paul Lind in some way, even though mm-hmm. I'm sure there's stronger, more dramatic, interesting ways to play it than Paul played it. Taking him away from it, it just ruins something for I him. have seen two major stars do it not well. George yeah. Went. Oh, okay. And then Bill Irwin in the roundabout room. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you need, there's Dreadful. something, there's something you want. I mean, I think what the original team struck really brilliantly was it's going to be subversive. Mm-hmm. And by putting in this guy who so clearly is not going home to a wife and right. as the father, just sort of makes this whole thing even sweeter and it should be noted that uh the wonderful billy eichner from billy on the street oh um, yeah is doing a a biopic uh, right biopic or biopic i say biopic i know people say biopic. no you know robbie i say biopic all the time too and somebody was talking to me yesterday and they said biopic and i was like i feel like that's something that should be removed from your arm so anyway what i was saying was that billy eichner is about to make a movie mm-hmm. based on the life of paul lynn which is entitled man in the box and I bet you that will give, um, you know, 
exposure to him to a whole new generation. There's something about this person whose humor, which is kind of wicked and which has this sort of gentle nastiness to it, is something that really has been adopted by a lot of people in the queer community. And a lot of people, I think, in some way in the queer community owe their comedy to the stylings of Paul Lind. That bitchiness, that campiness, um, but always done with a smile. And Mm -hmm. I think it's like, you know, Paul Lind and Charles Nelson Reilly came out around this or emerged in the entertainment scene around the same time. Paul Lynn was just more. You know what I mean? Yes. And Charles, not, not, that's not disparaging Charles Nelson Riley at all whatsoever. Sure. But I think, like, I think someone like Paul Lind helped begat somebody like Sean Hayes and Jack in Will and Grace. They, they did work together in uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Charles Nelson Riley oh, was that's right. the Albert Peterson standby. Oh my God, can you imagine have seen the two of them on stage? Together? I would have wet myself. Oh man. And so, you know, there's also, like we were talking about before, you know, there's some controversy about, you know, how Paul Lynn died and all of that stuff. And I kind mm-hmm. of feel that when he passed, that just sort of superseded the celebration of this person's life. He was a young, you know, he was a young person. There was this rumor going around Hollywood at the time that he died of a popper's overdose. Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, you know, and all, and or you know, maybe maybe there was a, a a guy in the bed with him, and the guy ran, like you were saying earlier on. But it just sort of diminishes this great legacy that this person leaves behind. Truly, and it it was ruled that he died of a heart attack. He was yeah. in his pajamas. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah. reaching for an alarm. Yeah, on his bed because he was clearly having a heart attack and was trying to get help. Ay ay ay. But. At least he died sober and drug-free. Yes, yes. And, you know, he was able to have some years of his life where he was happy after all the joy that he had given so many people. And I think one of the reasons I'm so happy we're celebrating him today is because he was the first queer person that people welcomed into their living rooms. Mm-hmm. And even though it was never, the word gay was never used, the word homosexual was never used, People from all over the country, regardless of their religious beliefs, regardless of the fact that they thought, you know, gayness was a choice or not, welcomed this person in. And just that simple act of courage of him being who he was, mm-hmm. was like the first crack in the wall that eventually dissolved and now has so many queer characters on TV. I don't think you can look at shows like Will and Grace or Pose or, you know, Queer as Folk and not go Paul Lind in some way, shape, or form was the the pebble being thrown. Specifically Will and Grace. Specifically Will and Grace. Yeah, I would say Sean Hayes is a direct descendant. Jack is a direct descendant of Paul Lind. Yes, I kind of feel that like uh, Jack and Karen were split off and they both came from Paul Lind. They're both opposite sides of Paul Lind. 100%. I just, I think that Paul Lind created a type and furthered a a type of queer uh, representation on film and and television, which uh, is so important. And he's why, that's the reason we're talking about him. There were dark things. Again, if you read that book, um, it's unvarnished, but uh, what we're celebrating is how he sort of uh, smash the glass closet, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and you know, I just, one point I think it's really important to bring up, because you just you just mentioned this, which is, I think he's the first time you're seeing a queer character, and you're laughing with them, and not with at Adam. them. Because mm-hmm. there were yeah. so many, like, foppish characters in movies, but you laughed at them. Mm-hmm. You laughed at them because you were like, that's not how men act. You know what I mean? That was yeah. sort of the the... And now you have someone who is like, yeah, I'm queer and you're going to laugh with me, not at me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know this. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. No, I love, I, him. You... I love him. I love him. I love him. Uh, and, and I can see why. And, you know, while he said he wanted to be recognized as a serious actor, 
one of these quotes that was on the Wikipedia page and ascribed to him, and I think it's actually just a great way to look at him. He says, we live in a world that needs laughter, and I've decided if I can make people laugh, I'm making an important contribution. And that's true. I would rather see him in Bye Bye Birdie than Hamlet any day. Put it on my gravestone. (laughs) Not on my tombstone, because that's going to be pepperoni. Put it on my gravestone. That's exactly it. That's it. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I won't. So, what's what's uh, what we're we talking about next time? So that's Paul Lind, uh, friends. Uh, if you have donated to our Patreon, thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna start sending those things out. Rob, tell everybody how they can uh, find us. You can go on to Instagram. You can type in G Revoked. You'll find us there. You can go on to Twitter. G Revoked. You'll find us there. You can go on to Facebook. Gay card revoked. You'll find us there. Go on to Patreon. Just type in gay card revoked. We'll pop up. We're there. We're there. Be be a top, be a verse, be a bottom, be an ally. We're We're adding an ally. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I realized that uh, maybe some of you were like, I don't identify with any of these. Uh, And (laughs) so we're going to add an ally um, uh, tier. And Rob, who, what is it that we're going to celebrate next uh, episode? Um, okay. Think about it. That was well. Funny. No, 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 no. Because once again, I'm embarrassed to admit this. I'm making a leap. I'm making a big leap for myself. That's for sure. Yeah. I uh, am in jeopardy of having my gay card revoked because I have never seen Barbara Streisand in Funny Girl, and uh, I am going to watch Funny Girl and have my gay card stay intact. Yeah. And that will be Frankly the top. embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> um, and next, uh, our next episode will be yeah. Funny Girl, the movie, the movie, the film. Yeah, uh, we're gonna watch the Streisand debut film, Funny Girl, for which she tied an Oscar with Katherine Hepburn in The Lion in Winter. <laughs> now, ironically, Katherine Hepburn was the first choice for Fanny Bryce. <laughs> Hello, uh, but, gorgeous. <laughs> but there's so much we can talk about. I can't wait. Uh, can friends, go out and make somebody happy this week. Uh, give give somebody a smile, and just we'll like talk Paul, to you. just like Paul, give a big toothy grin to somebody, but make it look a little weird, and then pay for their Starbucks. <laughs> you know what I? You know what I just realized what? when we were talking about Paul begat Sean Hayes. Yeah. When, I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point. I forgot to say Paul begat Jim J. Bullock, who begat oh. Sean Hayes. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Jim J. will have his own episode. And also, like, Alice Ghostly and Paul Lind are the same person, right? Yes. I also saw Jim J. Bullock play Mr. McAfee in Bye Bye Birdie out in Los I Angeles. I bet you that was wonderful. He was great, yeah. The querying really of McAfee is really what's important. Yeah, don't don't get this heteronormative stuff in there. No, I don't want that. Fuck that. Fuck that. We don't need we don't need a norm from Cheers. <laughs> oh, All right. That was, that was funny. Have a great <laughs> have a great two weeks, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.